Hello, welcome to Vlogger Small Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. I'm joined today by the lovely, uh, my great and lovely friend, Mr. Benjamin Sava. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, how's it going? It's been a little well, while. It has been a while. Missed you loads. Yeah. Uh, what's been going on? How have you been? What's been going on? Um, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. And, and I'm happy to be doing okay because I could have been doing a lot worse. I've had a rough couple of weeks with lockdown and, and some other things going on. Um, but uh yeah on the whole i'm 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 doing much better so that's good uh you've got a good uh, aesthetic going on uh, a lot of people in the chat already big fan of this uh you've got uh, uh smorgans in there loving it uh jug plc a lot there's it, bigfoot jesus yeah i'm very much looking forward to uh the uh the hairdressers opening up more than anything else to be honest i think it was um i think liam gallagher always said said about uh johnny marr that he he never has a bad bad haircut and he never has a bad pair of shoes and i've always i've always taken that to heart you know and uh at the moment i have a terrible haircut i've got a nice pair of shoes still but you know <laughs> What a way to live life! What a way! Good haircut, good shoes. I swear, I swear down, yeah. Like for a man, if you have a good haircut, good pair of shoes, you get far in life, you know. <laughs> good, that's good. Uh, uh, right, a big shout out to everyone in the chat. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Gitley, MJ, Pegasus. Um, really, really looking forward to seeing you all. And and you're absolutely right, um, uh, Benjamin. Like so many people could be having like a tougher time in these times. Um, now, just in case anyone for some reason doesn't know, uh, not only being a competent wargamer, uh, having won several tournaments and or trophies, um, Benjamin's also obviously an incredible painter. Uh, you have Studio Earthwood, right? Do you want to just talk us through Studio Earthwood a bit? I do, yeah. It's been very much keeping me sane through lockdown, although it's also hampered my uh, my own lock lockdown army, which... Um, never really got past the building stage so i think i might even come back to tournaments with not even having a new army to play really uh, but everyone yeah. else like all of your clients having lots of new armies to play yeah everybody <laughs> else loads of other people have got lumineth ram lords armies that are painted but i don't have my own one done i was looking forward to getting into daughters but um as as this uh, the topic of this um this podcast will reveal i'm decidedly less excited by them now um so so we'll see but yeah studio westwood uh commission painting um yeah just do that do it okay okay <laughs> um, just, i do some painting here i'll ask some yeah, leading questions for you i've got a bit of a waiting list now which feels kind of weird like it's about four or five months and i feel really bad when people message me and i'm like oh yeah i'll do this but i can't do it for like five months um so that's quite strange that's like a new that's uh, a new thing and it's good it's, i mean it's great but um yeah are there any know. plans to are there any plans to expand so like obviously some studios let's say like siege studios um they obviously operate a process where they just hire, hire more and more pro, uh, artists in would you be a little bit because obviously like studio westwood is your brand and it's you as the painter um mm. are you, do you really want to move into that do you, you want to move into that managerial role or are you just i like the art i like doing the thing and i'm blessed that people get to pay me for it sort of situation yeah i'd say i'd say more of the latter i'd say like studio westwood's not really like i don't really think of it although it's called studio westwood i don't think it was as like a commission painting studio you know in the same vein as as something like like siege for example like i think this the studio aspect of it i would say is probably more applicable to the fact that i kind of see myself as an artist and that's and 
Warhammer is my medium. And so, yeah, hiring out other people to to do that. But, you know, like I suppose a lot of big artists do use, you know, uh, technicians and, and assistants and stuff like that. And I don't think I'm at the stage yet where I could afford to to pay someone else to do it. But I have thought about it. I think like certainly like if I could get, you know, like I do outsource all of my building at the moment to to one or two people and I think you could probably do the same with sort of base coats and things like that, you know, like, or getting the, getting the sort of, you know, just the basics down and then, you know, maybe training someone up to, to do things in my style. But yeah, I think that's a little bit further down the line yet. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I'm number one, very happy that you've been, that you've been successful in something you're passionate about and love. So congratulations. Uh, you're also a gem in my eyes. Uh, so the fact that uh, you're doing well is something I'm really happy about. Uh, so that's good. Um, a lot of people asking if you might be doing some carpentry like your dad, but that's like a whole, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole joke. <laughs> that's far too funny for me. No, I'm just, I am just can't do anything like... Uh... Uh, don't knock yourself. What about that chair you're on? You've got a keen eye for a, for a wooden frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're on the Urkel. There we go. There's a good Urkel chair. I don't know what one of those is. Uh, do you see my chair? This will make you look, look at this. Look at this <laughs> piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, that is a piece of crap. I don't have money for the chair. I just, I got, it's, it's all spent on scenery at the moment. Which, just if anyone's tuned in, I am. Uh, I did my very first thing I did last night. If anyone else like me is scared of airbrushing, because I am, I do have an airbrush, um, but I use it a couple of times. It all seemed to go a bit wrong. And then apparently you meant to just clean it every session, which I didn't know. So I did a deep clean last night, which wasn't very complicated. You just fucking, whatever. You just brush it, basically. Super easy. I watched a YouTube video. It took me like, I was being really careful about it, and it took me like 20 minutes. Probably eventually I can get it down to like a five-minute job. It was super easy. Uh, and then I did a quick bit of air, uh, airbrushing last night, um, and I think this came out quite nicely. So really looking forward to uh, airbrushing up all the terrain over the next few weeks. Uh, so I'm proud. I'm proud I like knock down that scary door if that makes sense because it, it is quite scary for, for me like sometimes you like you know like any new skill you know like, i don't know if i'll learn that like yeah. i don't want to be bad at it but it seemed to go okay so happy with that um all right so oh, looks good. uh lol at rob telling benjamin about how to hobby <laughs> i wasn't telling him how to hobby <laughs> i was just saying i did some hobby and showing off <laughs> oh god i actually don't use an i i had an airbrush and uh my friend actually lost it but I don't use it for the same reason. Like, I don't like to be bad at things. I like to just, I like to be good at something. So that first initial period when you're learning something is quite frustrating. So I never really got past that that stage with airbrushing because I'm like, well, I could just do it much better by hand with the brush. So I'm just going to do that, even though it takes Yeah, I away. can't. I, so like, I, like, so I, like, I'm going to need that help up. Also, we've had a question in the chat really quickly. Is uh, being a commission painter difficult when all of your water, your, your uh, paint water keeps turning into wine? it's <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a good one uh, <laughs> uh right so after airbrushing check out oil paints you'll be banging out terrain thank you glow down i'll watch a video while i do some painting today all right so benjamin let's let's get on to the subject also thanks to everyone listening to podcasts youtube twitch chat patreon all what left up? forever uh what, what up <laughs> buckle up babies all right so faq came out yesterday so when I think Daughters of Cain, I think Benjamin Sava. Like, and, and that's because, like, you know, uh, that's just that's the situation. Talk really loudly about them. <laughs> yeah, you do talk really loudly about them, but you also smash face with them consistently all across the world. There's, like, other players who I know, like, 
rep on Daughters of Cain super hard, but sometimes a faction just in my mind belongs to certain people. Like that's yeah. how it works. When I think of when I think of death, I like my brain goes straight to Tony Moore. Like, yeah, oof, yeah, yeah, I thought Tony over. said yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then as as I travel around the world, like Scarbrand belongs specifically to a Swedish player in my brain and no one else. So like yeah. that's where I'm at. So obviously, um, uh, Daughters of Cain book came out. N- initial release. What was your initial kind of reaction and thoughts to the Daughters of Cain book? I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I think it's the best war. Uh, it's the best battle tome since our. You keep Warpath. going, Benjamin. I've just got to quickly pop out yes. one second. Yeah. Um, I thought it was the best. Yeah, the best war um, battle tome since Arc Warclans, and I hold Arc Warclans, uh, you know, very much above the rest of of the battle tomes. Certainly, that was coming around at that time, just because the internal balance of it is so good, um, and I think that was that was something that was really evident, like right from the start with Doors of Cain. Like the very first list I wrote out of the book included. I mean, it was illegal because you're not allowed six behemoths, but it included two. A, well, a, ha- a hag queen on cauldron, two, um, two blood rat medusas on shrine, and and three avatars, um, and that was something completely different from what I'd played before, but seemed really, really viable. And I think there were so many new paths that were opened up with this book, um, and and as I say, yeah, the like the, the the balance across the army was really good. Like I, I feel like every single war scroll had had its own role its own and often very own specific role which is um which is not easily achievable in an army that is essentially just uh you know it's it's essentially a combat army but for each for each of those you know even down to the difference between witches and sisters um is is huge and their and their utility and how you play them in the game and yeah, and I just, I, I, I think, you know, like, I, I do think that the, the points changes were probably a little bit too dramatic. Um, or certainly they were too on the good, they were too good you feel it. Yeah, but not like, but not by, not by a long way. I think, like, Slaughter Queens should be 300 and Hag Queens on, on Cauldron should be 250. That's a, that's a 30 point increase on both. But I do think that they both should have come down. Um, and there's the, you know, there's various reasons for that, you know, for Hag's, uh, witch brew um, being on a dice roll now does massively impact um, well the reliability of that that uh, that ability. I think you know Marathi being able to use her command ability to let people fight in the hero phase makes the slaughter queen slightly less um, slightly less of an auto include if that's you know if that's something that you were were playing towards. Um, so you know maybe they did come down a little bit and I haven't seen this yet actually but. I'd imagine that there might be some people somewhere that argue this change to prayers is a reason why the you know maybe is a reason why those why those cauldrons came down so much. But that I, I don't think. No, because it happened after the fact, right? Like they were yeah, pointed, exactly. like, they were pointed I, I, where they were at. Yeah, exactly. I think like it, if if it is the case, and if it is you know like if they don't come out with an FAQ for the FAQ, and we're playing the next three or four months until whenever Age of Sigma 3 comes out with them at these points, then, well, yeah, I mean, it's just such a big change. It's just such a big change to to to, to the internal balance of the army. Well, let's talk, and, let's, 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 let's talk about that. So just for everyone at yeah. home, so the, uh, the, the key point uh, to take away for everyone is, of course, that yesterday the FAQ came out that made it so. Now, the wording, I think, is very specific, and I don't think it changes course. In that they can only that, that all of the priests can only uh, do one prayer, um, yep. which is which has come down from three to four. Now I'm so like 
quick caveat i think i think a, a priest that was able to do three to four spells at like well three to four prayers at like 90 points felt dramatically good versus some of the casters but i think into this conversation there's a good conversation about the fact that in my opinion obviously only that probably we could end up with a bunch more two cast wizards knocking around because mm. prayers or, and uh, priests sorry being two cast and it being quite reliable on three ups um generally feels good and i would like priests who have counterplay where prayers don't would be a nice kind of mix around but then again sometimes when uh, a, an army doesn't have particularly good casters i don't really remind i don't really mind them relying on some other mechanic right because it depends it depends yeah. so there's a lot to unpack there how we deliver buffs and how buffs are applied to armies i think is our general wholesale great show that i might do another time yeah um, but when we deep dive into this i think there's i think into the ecosystem of how armies are buffed anyway i think there's a really good conversation in the age of Sigmar that there isn't any balance across the board i'd say i don't know about you yeah 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 um i agree and you know like i think it's worth it's worth saying then that you know like this this discussion or where i'm coming from with with wanting to to speak about this is is essentially a discussion about this single faq and what a massive impact that single FAQ has on the internal balance of Daughters of Cain. It's not really a discussion about the prayer mechanic, which I agree does need, um, you know, it probably just needs a place in the core rules. Like prayers don't even have a place in the core rules at the moment. And so you get these sort of, you know, you do get these, uh, the differences between armies now, you know, like corn can pray three times, uh, you know, fire slayers can play tw uh, can pray twice, daughters of Cain can pray once, you know, like it is all over the place, and it does need it does need addressing in the actual rules, but that's not what you know, like uh, in the, in some of the the discussion I've seen about it since since last night, you know, people a lot of people are saying, you know, like you know, prayers are overpowered because you can't dispel them, and you know, lots and lots of things like this, but this this isn't really a discussion about that. It's a discussion about the FAQ. It's not even a discussion about where Daughters sits in the in the tiers uh, at the moment in this, you know, very non-existent meta or, or you know, very um, limited meta um, or where they're going to stand in the future, potentially. It's it's a discussion about how an FAQ, how a single FAQ can butcher what is otherwise a beautiful book, really. And and I think it, it does, like it really does. It doesn't make them unplayable. And, you know, when I say that this FAQ is bad, I don't mean it's making, you know, it's ruined. The, and when I say that it's ruined the book, I don't mean that it's made Daughters of Cain unplayable. There still will be viable builds. There still will be uh, competitive builds that include hags, slaughter queens, their cauldron versions of both. There won't be any builds that include avatars now, um, unfortunately. Because they just became playable, um, I think the the change to avatars was massive, like a really really exciting change. When I when I noticed that, uh, which is uh, that they give uh, plus one to plus one to prayers within nine inches of an avatar, you know that made avatars. Uh, well, it, it put them into my list. I, you know, like not you know that that the list I played um, at the last hammer time was a bit of a meme list. You know, like just. Uh, but it, it, it was also a natural progression for 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 the for the way that in which the book um, directs you. So the change to witch brew for me was, you know, is is obviously quite big. I, I was only ever someone who used one hag. I never really 
and actually, in fact, I never used more than one, uh, one hag, one slaughter queen I used to have in my, in my lists. Um, so I wasn't one of these people who were using like big 30 blocks of witches and having them all three of them be, uh, you know, rerolling wounds and immune to battle shock. Um, you know, I think having that ability once on one unit is is more than enough. And so, you know, with the change to Witch Brew, this means that, you know, like now I'm going to put in another hag, maybe even another two hags, um, which means that I'm going to definitely consider something like avatars because they buff, you know, not only do they buff uh, the prayers, but they also will benefit massively from having uh, several hags or slaughter queens on the board because you've got more than one places where, that, where you can pray for them, um, where you can pray to awaken them. And so that they become uh, less unreliable in those in those first two turns when they're awakened, because you have more options of, of trying to wake them. And and so there was there were lots of sort of like small little consequences of like of decision making in the in the list building process that would lead you down a certain path. And I think this this change um, just completely shuts down all of those paths. Um, like I'll, so, I'll read. So yeah, yeah, go for it. Go, you carry on. Yeah, I'll, carry I'll, read, on. I'll read what it is first, so, so we're all on the same page. So it's so the, the change is, page 67, prayers, change the first sentence to, in your hero phase, each friendly daughters of Cain priest that knows any prayers can chant one prayer that they know. And I think the key, the key word in there for me, because of the precedence that's set in all the other rules, is, is the word any. And, you know, like we, you know, any tends to mean in Warhammer, all all instances of that rule yeah there yeah there you go yeah um so the rule i mean the, the and this also like you know like me saying this is a bad faq is specific to the how i think it disrupts the internal balance of the book it's not like you know so like I think, you, so you're you're more you're you're not necessarily bothered about like the strength of the book because as you said you think the book is still strong the issue more is um the uh, the options that you had previously to play, like the ability to play loads of different builds, you feel has been narrowed down by the FAQ. Is, yeah, yeah, I think it's 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 impacted. What is it? Six, seven, seven war scrolls in the book. Doors of Cain has twenty war scrolls in the book. This one FAQ directly impacts seven of them, and not in you know, not in a. You know, it's not way. it's not a light touch, I don't think. Um, it makes one of them, the Avatar, completely unplayable outside of Hagnar. You, you, you're not going to pay 130 points for a unit that's not going to do anything in turns one or two. And it, and, and so, as, Could you explain how the Avatar works or worked? Yes, so the Avatar is an inanimate statue that, that brings a decent a bit of shooting and a, a few amount of attacks, but they hit hard. Four attacks, threes, threes, minus two, rend, three damage. It's shooting is six attacks, threes, threes, minus one, rend, one damage. Um, but in turns one or two, um, you the statues are not active. They become active automatically in turns three. Um, or if you're in Hagnar, which is the only... The only um, temple now that that you would even consider using um avatars they're awakened from turn two because they always count as being one uh, stage forward on the blood rights table and it's the blood rights table that affects the uh the awakening of the avatar and okay. so you would have to pray and each of the each of the priests in the army so the sl slaughter queens and the hag queens and their you know the, the versions of them on foot on cauldrons they all had a prayer 
amongst uh, one of their three prayers on the war scroll was a prayer to animate the statues which happens on a three up if you've got an avatar on the board now it happens on a two up if you're casting that with your with your cauldron that has blessing of uh, no that has iron circlet for instance it, you can reroll ones so you know like it is a bit of well it is a huge risk reward you know like they they are cheap they're 130 points and they put a lot of damage or a lot of disruption for something on a 40 millimeter base um but you would have to awaken them and there's the chance that you roll a one in those first two turns um or it's not it's not guaranteed you're paying points for a non-guaranteed unit yeah, exactly. But, you you know, especially if you're running a Slaughter Queen and a Hag Queen, there's a good chance if you're running, you know, one one Hag, you know, one Avatar on foot or or even just the one on the back of the Cauldron, the good chance that you're going to be able to use that in turns one or two. Um, but now you can only pray one prayer, which includes the three from the War Scroll and the one that you take from the law, uh, the law itself, the law of Cain, um, or uh, the prayers of Cain. And... You know, like that means that you're, you know, like the, the prayers from the, 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 from the, the law prayers are really significant in the army, even more so now, I think, because uh, Mindraiser changed to an eight to cast, which, to be honest, was the, the my least favorite change in the whole book. I think it was one of the, the worst changes in the, well, I think it was the worst change in, in, in the new book, uh, that moving to an eight, because in, in, in the meta that it's coming into with Teclis, with Croak, um, you know, being and, you know, really good magic being so prevalent, getting off an eight plus to cast when you only have, you know, like two models in the army that can have pluses to cast, Marathi on her war scroll and a Blood, Mac, Blood Rack Medusa from uh, taking an artifact, the Shadowstone, um, means that you can't build strategies around mind razor anymore i think you have to kind of consider it a bonus if it goes off then that's great you know the unit that you put it on is going to go out and and do exactly what you want it to do that turn but you can't rely on it and so if you want sort of more um more consistent more reliable damage something like catechism becomes that much more important then which is the prayer that al allows attacks to explode on sixes mm -hmm. um i think Blessing of Cain is still just as important now as ever because if you're playing, certainly if you're playing Hagmar, which I did for like 98% of the hundreds of games I've played with Daughters of Cain. So if if most of the references I make it to the Hagmar templates because that's what I know the best. Um, but Blessing of Cain is still really important because, I mean, less so now that Hagnar has also been nerfed, but we're not talking about the other FAQs. We're specifically, specifically talking about this. Yeah. yeah, just this one. Um but yeah, so uh, you know, blessing of Cain is super important. I think with the with the Kaltnar temple coming in um, and their you know their ability to bounce back mortal wounds when enemies roll ones to hit them combos really really nicely with Martyr's sacrifice. I think um, which is you know another way to bounce back mortal wounds. This is another prayer, right? Yeah, this is another another one of the prayers on a three up. Uh, if a unit from that model, uh, if a model from that unit dies on a five plus, it does mortal wounds. Uh, so then you can also put shields on them where they're bouncing back um, mortal wounds on sixes to save. So you know you've got you've got nice little combos there, and I think that's you know the, the strength of Daughters of Cain has always been um, in the ability to place uh, buffs in certain places to adapt to what's on the table. You know, like they they have. Uh, a bevy of offensive buffs and a bevy of defensive buffs um but they they're all sort of 
interchangeable and and so you can adapt the army to you know to different strategies different uh, opponents different uh different lists um and you know that that's sort of like the the, the way those the way those buffs scale then with with some other models and the way that it all interacts makes it for a really interesting really dynamic army but the you know like sort of So let's, you know, let's say, let's just take the avatar, the avatar aside, as I say, the avatar becomes basically unplayable outside of Hagnar because in those first two, one or two turns, you don't have that extra war scroll spell spare now to animate the, the statues. Even if you're taking multiple priests, you, you know, the, 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 the point is that the, the, the law spells are so, um, so important that you're never going to be, you're never going to be not casting or, or not praying for one of those in order to cast one of the war scrolls prayers and i've seen a few people say like oh you know the war scroll prayers aren't very useful anyway you're not going to use them very often and that's you know that's true to an extent but i you know i don't i don't agree with that wholeheartedly because i think each of those other each of those other prayers is what gives slaughter queens and hag queens utility and i think they all do you know like i've i have played hundreds of games with this army and you know there are sometimes when those those other prayers are clutch really you know like you can see a really good example of this in the game six i played at, at the gt final where i sat back and let uh let gary's uh gav you know uh, gav bomb come in and hit the hit the army knowing that i can lose my screens and i still have enough output in the in in marathi and in a buffed cauldron to fight my way out of that and then win the games in the late turn and this is this is a strategy I, I used a lot. I almost used b before I started using two units of thirty sisters. I used to use a unit of thirty witches, and I used to often use them as bait because people were so scared of thirty witches with all the buffs that they would often overcommit turn one. If I if I put up a screen and had the rest of my army sat in behind these witches, people would almost always take that bait, and they'd fly across the table in in. You know, with while the witches don't have any buffs, I'd give them the first turn even often because I was often lower drop. Give them the first turn, they'd fly across the table and they'd smash into the witches, thinking, "Oh, if I can get rid of one thirty block now, then I'm massively, uh, you know, then 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 the You're advantage, up. yeah, the advantage is in in my favour." But it it wasn't because you could easily lose one unit of of thirty in daughters and still have the the strength to fight your way out of that corner. This is something I did twice at the GT final. I did it against. Um, Carl Martin as well. He he actually his pterodons were the only unit that's ever wiped out. Um, there's only ever the only unit that's ever wiped wiped out 30, 30 witches in in one go in Hagnar. Um, and I've had like you know I played it against Martin Morin, uh, where he put four bloodthirsters, including Scarbrand, all piled in two times and still had one model left. You know I played it against Dan uh, Old Murder Host with Dan Ford at, at Bobo, where I'd where he charged the whole army into my army, wiped out two thirds of it in the first turn. And then I managed to fight my way out and table him by turn four with, with what I had left. And this is partly because, uh, well, the prayers on the war scroll. So what are they called? I think uh, Rune of Cain is the, the prayer that turns the, the, the sword on the, on the hags and the cauldrons or the blade, the blade of Cain turns it from damage one to damage D three on a three up. And that might seem like, a, you know, like a small thing, 
But this, you'd actually be casting this on on both your slaughter queen and your hag queen from turn three onwards. After the 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 hag queens, after the avatars are already automatically animated, you'd be casting this prayer almost every turn, and it's turning, you know, the four attacks that you have on the 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 the, root, the blade of Cain into D three, which obviously scales really well with the buffs, especially on the slaughter queen. The slaughter queen is. With all the buffs, I think it's one of the hardest hitting models in the game. It's one of the hardest hitting models I've played with, anyway. Um, and and I, I like that. I like that it can hit that hard because it is, it is a you know there is a risk reward to it, and you know there is or well, there's a cost to it anyway. There's you know you have to you have to get Mind Razor off. You have to now you have to get the Witch Brew off. You have to get Catechism off. Um, and you have to get that prayer off to to turn her swords to D three. Um, you know that's four different uh, four different buffs that you have to apply to turn this model into the powerhouse that she is. But now, a slaughter queen starts with eight attacks from the from the witch elves, which have threes and fours, no rend, one damage. It starts with the blade of Cain, which you're never going to buff because you don't have a spare prayer. Um, so that's just four attacks, threes, fours, minus rend, one damage. And then it and then it has the avatar attacks, which are four attacks, threes, threes, minus two, rend, three damage, which you're never going to have because you don't have a spare prayer. So now this 270-point centerpiece has 11 attacks at one damage and then three attacks at D3 damage. That is not reliable enough to fight your way out of... Um, of, of, of giving someone uh the alpha you know especially because you can't like having a slaughter queen and and um, uh, marathi now is you know it's not really an option because they, they you know they're both kind of doing the same things um and so it, it you know it's the knock-on effect of changing these prayers and uh that is you know it's not immediately obvious how it affects also the uh you know certain play styles I think I think you're bringing up I think you're bringing up some like really solid points which like I, like deep diving a faction which I don't know Daughters of Cain as well as you know Daughters of Cain is something like that's, that's super interesting. Mick Wendell, thanks for resubscribing. Uh, thank you also uh, to uh, Lord Whale for donating 100 bits and also Team Man Cash for resubscribing. I think for me one of the things that's interesting if you compare the Sinesh book which got no buffs internally at all is an terribly like poor piece of crap put together like just badly done and terribly worded through yeah. the whole thing um like and other opinions are wrong uh like versus this is that like one of the things that i find interesting about um armies that you can you can play with i.e that isn't just the war scrolls i you know, i quite liked aos one it's just the war scrolls man i had my war scrolls you had your war scrolls we did our war scrolls against each other it was all good so but yeah. when they did introduce all the buffs all the buffs that are applicable from all the different locations and places, be it sub-factions, be it battalions, whatever the situation, became like a very interesting conversation about the haves and haves-nots, right? Like this prayer, this this prayer, this, well, I mean prayers later on, but this spell, this sub-faction rule, this battalion, it became really interesting and really polarized. I think one of the really um, uh, pointed marks on this show or something I'm, this is a personal thing from me, is I always want as many toys in your army to be playable as possible. And mm -hmm. anything that makes it so that your army is less interesting, as an example, I know we're going to talk about other FAQs that happened in the past, like, later on. Um, but any FAQs that, like, FAQs that made it so that you your army... I think 
maybe or probably the best FAQ we saw uh, was the Petrofex nerf because that opened up people playing others. Normally, that just meant now 80-90% of people play Mortis Praetorians, but you get some Sally Up Lord boys out there, you get some Ivory Host boys uh, out there, you get all sorts of different people. Uh, sorry, mm. no Myriad, not Ivory Host. Um, uh, you get all sorts of different, like, like you, you can play some other things, and you do look around at other things. I like, And I think that FAQs that make it so that your army is more diverse... I think probably the the push pushback that a lots lots of people probably make about your points about the prayers because I think you're not arguing that it doesn't make it stronger. Um, sorry, it, that you don't care that it makes it weaker. That isn't what you're saying. You're saying that you don't like the fact that it makes it less diverse. Is your point? And and I think that that's a really valid point. I think anything that makes it so we can play with more of our toys because the rule of cool that we apparently all get into, we're all like, I like this model. Great. Yeah. If that model sucks. That's 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 tough, mm. right? But if you happen to love a model and it's yeah. also strong, like for me, I know a lot of people. I actually have a kangaroo tattoo on my back. Most people don't know this, yeah. Just neck <laughs> neck down to arsehole, the whole thing. <laughs> Huge kangaroo tattoo. So obviously, I'm excited about the kangaroos, and I'll be getting them whether or not they're strong or weak. Um, <laughs> like uh, like you know, neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but like I think I think anything that makes it so that a book is more diverse is a positive and is your point really not that it's weaker that you have less play style inside the book is this your main point yeah well my, my main point is that and well I guess that an, an FAQ just like like I, I mean it's worth ask, asking the question like what like what is the what is the purpose of an FAQ like I, I think the you know the, the 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 way we use the term is probably incorrect anyway because a lot of these things that we discuss that are FAQs are not frequently answered questions they are um they're more answers to uh certain issues or certain inconsistencies a lot of the time it's inconsistencies in in rules in in the writing itself in in sentence structure in syntax in grammar um but sometimes they are they're used to address uh, certain loopholes or exploitations that people have um have found um so what like what what is what is the purpose of an FAQ for you what do you think uh like I don't know, like quick fix to a fuck up, uh, like so the the FAQs that we've had like yeah. recently, for example. I mean, I think some of the most telling ones: Gothazar Harvester broken at release, like fully broken. Yeah, like at uh, like done, like whole game done, it's over. Uh, so that FAQ day one, great change. Change host, uh, not so bad, but don't forget it's been FAQ'd and is still top tier. Takes out a ton of tournaments all the time. Four yep. ones all the time, and that's a change host build. Still good post FAQ. So like pre FAQ, like what's the extra teleport? Maybe brilliant, maybe not. Um, uh, like I think for me, the FAQs are most often just a very quick hot fix. What yep. I would like to see them more be is actually answers to some like questions, like some some like like some like. Uh, We'd all like to see some standardized language to a degree. We'd like to all make it make more sense. I don't know, Benjamin. Like, I like. I'm in this really interesting place at the moment on a personal level because, like, fucking, they don't know what they're doing or care. Like the FAQ, yeah. whatever. Like, yes. I like the game, man. Like, look at this. I'm painting up like a big fuck off crystal. Like yeah. Mick Wendell's running some dumb thunder tusks, and I'm living for it. Like the games, the game's kind of dumb. Like, like all the time. <laughs> like, there's never not been. Like, yeah. and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm like, cool, let's fuck around, is what I kind of think. But then yeah. the problem is, 
I think the problem is is when we want to do things like national teams or we want to have big tournaments where we interview people and we're like, he's really good. And I'm like, is he? Or is it just the broke shit again and again and he just jumps from broke shit to broke shit? Like, is a really fair point. Like, can he even ever finish a game and get past turn two? Another great conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah. and so the FAQs are, they've never been good. <laughs> like, when have they been well, good? They, they haven't, but... So this is why I'm here to argue that I think this is the worst FAQ that they've ever done just because of the, like, of what, you know, of what a massive, massive impact it has on the internal balance of the army. Whereas I think, like, you know, I posted out on tweet this morning uh, asking people for, you know, their their sort of, like, their FAQs that they think are are the most impactful and and got a few really, really good examples. Um, But often they were doing exactly what you said. They were hot fixes to issues that would potentially cause uh, huge uh, problems in in the balance of the game as a whole. Um, But I think that the the best one I had actually was was Tony Moore said about uh, the FAQ that allowed legions of Nagash to use night haunt models, so to use Grimgasts and things like that, because I think that did really upset the internal balance of both armies. It meant that uh, night haunt were paying a premium uh, for for their own war scrolls and Legion of of Nagash were overlooking all of their own war scrolls in favour of... Of night on. so that really, really disrupts the, uh, you know, both the internal balance of the army and, you know, like the the list writing. It, you know, it, it it in terms of what models you're going to use in in the army and and their viability. But as I say, this is you know this one small FAQ, which might seem like you know like oh yeah we're toning it down. And actually, before we before we go any further, I should clarify, the it needed an FAQ. It did need an FAQ. I I have played maybe 20 30 games with the new book i've never cast more than two prayers because sometimes there are little in there are you know uh inconsistencies in in the rules or you know like certain instances that it's just ob- so obvious that this is going to get faq'd that there's no point in even playing with it there are certain players out there like Simon Weekly is a good example, who will find that broken thing and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Go out and buy the whole army and plan to use it. But I am, I'm an, an, another, another uh, at the op- opposite end of the scale is I won't use any w- rules that I think are going to be changed um, because I just, there's no point. It, it, it's, it's obviously going to get an FAQ. That, uh, the way that it was worded before, what was it in the, in the actual battle tome, it said, you know, something to the effect of, if a, if a queen, you know, like if uh, the priest has any prayers, they can pray all of them. So so some people were taking this to interpret uh, or, or some people were interpreting it in this in a way where they can cast their war scroll and then they can cast all three of the spells that are on or they cast their law spell, law prayer, and they can cast all three of the prayers on their war scroll, um, which is just not the case. I, I don't even think like you can argue that that is the case because it wasn't there an FAQ saying that war scrolls override battle tomes and battle tomes override core rules and war scrolls override battle tomes and the war scroll says for hagnar uh, for hags and slaughter queens now that they can pray any one of these war scrolls off their prayer so they get to choose uh rune of cain which is the one we already discussed turn um weapons to d3 they get to choose uh touch of death which is a weird little mini game where you choose one hand and if you choose the hand with the dice in it they take d3 mortal wounds so you can just say d3 mortal wounds on a four up um and and that one's not incredibly useful but it sometimes still still does have its use in games where for instance you've let them come at you um 
delete your screen, knowing that you're going to take the next turn, be in combat with your hag or with your slaughter queen. You're going to buff up their sword. You're going to put all the buffs on them. You know, if it's if it's if you've got a spare prayer, sometimes that does come in useful to chip off an extra D3 mortal wounds. Of course, slaughter queens have audio slaughter so that they can fight in the hero phase. So it's a good way of, of clearing up any little models that are left. You can either, if you can't afford the command point, you can just do D3 mortal wounds to something in the hero phase to get rid of like an annoying skink with one, you know, with one wound left. Um, and so, and that is another ability that you're just not going to be able to use. The Slaughter Queen ha on foot, I know Vince is a big fan of this, has like a Dance of Death, I think it's called, um, which is an ability that allows it to pile in to pile in twice, mm -hmm. um, which was good when you were also able to, to buff up the Blade of Cain to do D3 damage. But now she has to make a choice between these two prayers that are, that are directly uh, conflicting with each other. Does she want to pile in twice with a blade of cane that's only doing one damage or does she want to pile in once with a blade of cane that's doing d3 damage and she has the death sword as well so she has like another three attacks which is like threes threes one and d3 so she does hit slightly harder than than a hag queen but now a hag queen for instance a hag queen on cauldron has uh, while the act the avatar is inactive and now that you can't pray for the the blade of cane she has four attacks which are three threes and threes minus one rend one damage and then she has eight attacks which are degrading from the this the, the witches on the back of the cauldron that are eight attacks threes threes fours no rent one damage so that's 11 attacks all one damage hitting on threes two-thirds of them hitting on uh, wounding on fours with no rend like that's a 220 point centerpiece model that now is just putting out no output at all in turns one to two or, or little to no output in turns one to two and you know like yes it makes the avatar scrolls completely unusable but it also means that hags viability is massively uh decreased now or, or, or cauldrons sorry both of the cauldrons the viability is decreased massively because you're never going to have a spare prayer to animate the statues on the back which means the statues on the back are not coming into play until turns turns three and so i'm paying points for I'm paying points for the avatar being on there. I'm paying probably a significant amount of points for the avatar being on there. I'm also paying points for the utility on the war uh, of the prayers on the war scroll itself, which are situational, but do but do often get used. And as I say, rune of rune of Cain is something I would cast or I'd pray for three times out of five in the games. As soon as you get to turn three, every single turn you put in on rune of Cain, and that affects the the damage output of of a slaughter queen on, on on cauldron for instance you know exponentially because of how the buff scaling works so what as soon as you put the extra rend and the extra damage it turns her from you know like a, a pretty poor uh centerpiece model into something that can absolutely wipe out anything but it, as i say you've got that you've got those costs there um and it's and this is you know, like this is four war scrolls in the book now. It's the Slaughter Queen on Cauldron on foot. It's the Hag not. It's the Hag on Cauldron on foot, and it's the Avatar, and it's Morgwaith because she's she's um a, she's a priest as well. And so inadvertently, it's or or consequentially, it's um it's also the Blade Coven. So that's seven out of the twenty war scrolls. That's over a third of the war scrolls that have been that have been affected to the point where they're arguably. One of them is unusable, unplayable, and the others are significantly less viable. And if 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 the cauldrons are significantly less viable, you're also taking out the other 
benefits to that, which namely is the blood shield, 18-inch aura, giving plus one to save to the rest of the army. The army has a six-plus save most most of the time. With If it's not in combat, it has a six-plus save. So you're taking a... Like, if, if I'm not paying... If I don't want to pay the points for a Slaughter Queen because its output isn't reliable enough anymore, then I take it out of the, the army, then I'm losing plus one save. So the whole army becomes a six-plus save, maybe a five-plus save in combat on some things, you know, uh, if they've got shields. Other, other units like Snakes uh shadow stalkers have got a four plus save uh, five plus save anyway but that means you're massively impacting your your ability to attrition and doors of cane is an army that wins more by attrition than it does by um you know by output and it, it, it loses more often through not having anything around in the late game to actually cap objectives and by taking out the, the by taking out the prayers and affecting the viability of that model then you you take out that you also take out the command ability for them to pile in in the hero phase which again affects the the way that you can play the army it affects the um the way that you, the way that you can play cauldrons it affects the, the, your play style in general you can't just sit back and take that hit and then expect to fight your way out and uh, oh, I lost that train of thought. It's okay, then. it's okay. Let me let me take a moment off you because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, everyone in the chat wants you to have a breath. So we're doing it. <laughs> we'll do, let's do it together as a team. <laughs> Uh, can I just uh, can I just thank everyone in the chat for donating? Obi Watts for donating a gift subscription in the chat. That's uh, that's hyper you to get to us level two hype train. Stephen AOS Halalex for resubscribing. That's very nice. Lord Limpet for redescribing as well. There's some good questions in the chat. I have been reading, so thanks everyone in the chat for a really lively chat. There's been some really good points. How would you feel? How would you feel about the statement that um, you just have to bring? We're in a really interesting place, right? Where a skink priest turns up and does a lot right a lot um mm -hmm. really two abilities really or a prayer and ability or a command ability and ability um so there's a lot in those kind of central buff pieces um and then um uh, and it's still aggressively pointed what how would you feel if they stayed as a two prey priest <laughs> i don't know how to word that a two prey priest but cost more points would you would like because as you said at the top of the show Daughters of Cain generally pretty aggressively pointed and probably can't, can come up points across the board. The problem is is how we define what we're comparing against because I think ultimately we all have to have like an honest conversation with each other that you compare we are comparing apples and oranges oftentimes. When you compare the prayers available from Seraphon, which is what the Daughters of Cain book and Seraphon book written by the same guy. Yeah, so I feel that's the comparison. Zinch mm -hmm them that's this you're having the same conversation like i think jp said in the chat earlier really good conversation uh, a good point about how the ideneth book or so the ideneth update sorry from broken realms added did exactly what i wanted and I'll, I'll go to bat on jp's point all day what it did was is it made the army have more viability it stayed right at the top and probably got even better ultimately as an army deepkin which i don't think it really needed but most importantly it gave the army breadth. Loads of our units that weren't really being taken were being taken more, which is a positive, uh, is what I'm trying to uh, compare it to. So ultimately, when you compare Daughters of Cain to some of the other armies, and you ask yourself, right, who am I comparing it to? Because we obviously know there are the two writers. There's the Sin guy and the Bin guy. And we don't compare the Sin guy's books to the Bin guy's books because then we're having a disingenuous uh, conversation. And, mm. and you could choose which one's which. We like you could just take the books, go at home and try and like and read. If you've got all the battle tomes, open them up 
and you'll see the same command traits are the one that do it for me read command traits from two different books read the Sinesh one read the Daughters of Cain one you'll be like Sinesh one you'll be like okay this guy's never played the game before ever I'll never learn any of those and then you read Daughters of Cain one be like cool plus one to hit or whatever you're like sweet simple like mm. you know <laughs> so those are the things um, to compare them to with Daughters of Cain they came in very strong I think like and so do you feel that like while I think they've taken options away, which I think is your point, I think there's a lot of people who will say that that's good that they've lost so many options because it was already probably unfair, comparing it to some other books. How would you feel if they stayed as a two-prayer two prayer priest, but the points were up? Do you think that that would be a, a better compromise? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, like I said at the beginning of the game, this isn't this isn't about me wanting Daughters of Cain to be at broken levels of... of um, you know, just I don't want them to be OP. Um, and, you know, as I said at the beginning, I think Slaughter Queen's Uncauldron should be should be 300 points. I think that Hag Queen's Uncauldron should be 250 points. Uh, I think Morgwave being 10 points less than a regular Hag and having five extra models is, is really weird. I don't know why that's pointed like that anyway, but she should be 120. Uh, Hags could arguably be 100. I think the, the the most offensively costed thing in the game, like lots of people talking about Cauldrons being really cheap, but Shadowstalkers at 100 points is the most efficient unit in the game it's the like they don't need to go up loads but they need to go up to like 130 maybe 120 at a push but like 130 probably for for, for, for what you scroll it's insane and you know like i used that list the other day where i had two units of 18 i would still pay two 260 for a unit of 18 of them because of uh the role that they play in 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 that daughter's list um which to, to be honest, is significantly impacted also by this now because you can't reliably get, um, you can't as reliably get your prayers off. I, you know, that it was a two-up re-rolling once to get blessing off onto that unit, which is what makes all the difference. Um, and you know, like, like just, I mean, even just as an example, the fact that I have played hundreds of games of Hagnar. Um, it's like my go-to every single time. I can't bring myself to not play it. Every time I write lists, I write some really interesting lists in in loads of the other uh, in loads of the other temples since the new book has come out. But I just can't, you know. Like I love Hagnar. I love the way it plays. Um, and that has taken a massive nerf. And I'm not even talking about that. I'm only talking about this FAQ and how much it ruins and it, or how much it impacts. The diversity the, the, of the book. The diversity of the, the, the book, the diversity of the lists we're going to see, because, you know, like, let's take something like Vamp, uh, Viperic Guard, which is the battalion that includes um, both both versions of Marathi. Uh, you can take a, a Melusi Iron Scale, a Blood Rack Shrine, a Blood Rack Medusa, and then sort of any combination of the snakes that you want. The only reason that the, that, that wouldn't be a one drop prior to this FAQ is because you need prayers in there. If you don't have a if you don't have a prayer, then you're not getting the reroll wounds. So the snakes are much less effective. Marath is much much less effective. You don't have uh, the option of of any prayers at all. So you don't have catechism. You don't have rejuvenation. Uh, you don't have any of the prayers that you're going to be using. And so what what turns that from a one drop into potentially you know like a three or four drop is the inclusion of hanks. But now. We, or, or, or priests but now with with this nerf to priests you're just not going to see them and so that pushes people even more into just taking marathi and 60 bow snakes you know like and i think the all of all of these changes just push you towards only taking melusi and just forgetting hags entirely now because hags were an auto include 
regardless of the change to witch brew, you still wanted at least one hag in there. So you've got the extra prayer. You've got the ability to wake up the wake up the avatars on the cauldrons. Um, you've you know that's 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 bringing a lot of utility to to a, an all snakes list, and so that it's a good trade off. I'd you know like I'd happily turn that list into from a one drop to a three drop to give me those those extra options, but now there's 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 no reason why you wouldn't just take that and that is a toxic list that is a boring list i think so i think i think this is where we can uh, push the conversation into into all the other faqs which i think was one of the things you wanted to raise up as well just being conscious of time uh, i want to thank colonel cabbage for donating six pounds 62 to the show uh thanks very much we're raising some money for some better cameras for live coverage uh got my i even dared to dream of potentially moving a swivel camera around in the next few months not <laughs> sure if that's going to happen but thank you to you also thanks to broccoli boy who's a lovely fella um uh who's been picking up grudges in the chat by smack talking everyone in the chat which i really i really respect as a process <laughs> thanks for resubscribing uh <laughs> um <laughs> right so um yeah, so talking about the other FAQs that exist out there, I think there's some general consensus. Without it being played, I think there was some general consensus the Daughters of Cain book was very, very strong initially. So I feel like a lot of people feel like it's it's a positive change to see them drop down, and prayers maybe were one of those reasons. I would argue that it's probably like the points were the major issue over everything else. I would say, um, I think, I think maybe making really to be honest, I think I'll... making, I make it, I think maybe having the prayers as two prayers is fine. To me, Two prayers, like, like that's absolutely but, that's all that's all I want. You want one prayer from the war scroll, one prayer from the law. I don't I don't even think like you know as I say that the, the other three prayers on the the war scroll are situational anyway. And so being able to cast them, you know, like two of them aren't going to do anything at all in in unless the the hag is in combat, which you know like she often isn't. It it did it, uh, her going to three plus to wound actually was a big change on the hang on foot she she used to be four plus to wound but now she's threes and threes minus one one damage that becomes d3 when you play with the rune of care uh when you pray for the rune of cain so it makes it makes it makes those actually those hags on foot and those hag and those slaughter queens on foot um an extra little bit of damage to fight your way out of you know like sort of situations that you've got you that you've got yourself into um on the back but like i don't i don't think you know like even if it was four prayers which is which is stupid you don't need to cast four prayers but even if it was that wasn't the reason that doors of cain were were or would be potentially as um as competitive as they are like i think it is it is points for me as I just well wanna, i just want to bring up some context for everyone who did, wasn't listening at the start of the show podcast bros drink that water stay hydrated you already heard this point um my context was is that i think generally two cast wizards should be more prevalent Honestly, I mean, we could talk about Tree Lord Ancient all day, but let's not go down that dark and dingy road. Uh, I more specifically think that, like, like that there's so much lovely interaction between casting. Like, the difference in, in spell casting in this game is pretty severe. It's like, I can hope to cast a prayer, <laughs> like, one cast, 120, 140 points, yeah? Or I'm going to, like, absolutely ram spells down your throat, 320 to 800 points in that category. Like, it really depends where you're at. And I feel like the, the level of two cast prayers would be a little bit more fun. Maybe it would slow down the hero phase. It's a really fair point if you're thinking that straight off. But I think a lot of the wizards could just go up to two casts. And then they've got their war scroll spell and a law spell. I think also it's a it's a fantasy game. Some more magicians in the game is fine. I I I'd prefer more I'd prefer more wizards than I would prefer more fucking gunboats. Uh but that's a me thing, not an everyone thing. But I think for maybe the game having more spells would be quite cool. 
Um, but that's a, that I want to put yeah. that in context. That having two priest, uh, two cast prayers, I think is where I would like the game to be. But mainly because I'd also like a lot more two cast wizards. And I think it's weird that they released a whole bunch of endless pra- spells at the start of Age of Sigmar two. And then they didn't. I was like, I, like I remember the show. I was like, well, all the wizards are going to go up to two cast. That's what we're going to see. There'll be loads of two cast wizards. And they were like, no, uh, we'll just throw a couple out there, which I think is weird. Um, yeah, so yeah I'd like, I think that would well, be good. I think like for for anyone who's just joined then, and also as a segue into other FAQs, which you keep trying to do, but then I keep interrupting. But um, so like the, the the discussion about this FAQ for me is about the FAQ in isolation and what an impact it has on the internal balance of Daughters of Cain. It's not a, a, a discussion about whether priests uh, should be two cast. It's not, a, it's not a discussion about the prayer mechanic in general. And it's not a discussion about, uh, it's not even a discussion about whether or not Daughters of Cain need nerfs. And maybe they do, and maybe they need some adjustments, but this is, this is categorically not the one that they needed because of how much it affects or what an impact it has on the, army as a whole and i think that's why i asked the question what are the uh, what other examples do, do do people have and maybe people could put some in the chat now for faqs that have had a massive impact on on aos and some of the examples we uh, that i got already was uh you know savage strike which is which was the ability for gristle gore generals to uh, always fight first got changed to um only on the charge which was massive because at the time uh, Gristle Gore were an S tier army, and it because because it was at the beginning of uh, the what did we call it the the something wars. Oh, so wars? No, what what the the activation wars? Oh, activation wars. Yeah, the beginning of the activation wars when they introduced and and you know they introduced a new mechanic into the game in the middle of two uh, sandwich between two editions. Um, Always Strikes First was not a thing, and then all of a sudden it became a thing. So it became a case of have and have nots. And the the people who had Gristle Gore, Slanesh, uh, just wiped the floor with everybody else because nobody nobody could fight before they 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 killed them. That was a that was a that was a really great change. That's a game that's a, an FAQ that has addressed an issue that is having a massive impact on the meta at large. And rather than you know like just massively like it, it didn't ruin the army it didn't ruin it didn't even ruin gristle gore it, it certainly didn't ruin um uh fleshier courts and all of the you know the different viable builds there were in there in the same way this has you know other examples have been um you know like the vanguard wing change not being able to pile in into combat was massive because that was so toxic it was such a brutal uh loophole or exploitation that made for really really negative play experiences again a really really good faq uh the petrofex nerf you mentioned earlier was something that like plus one save army wide arguably just shouldn't shouldn't exist and that is that is that change was impactful in the sense that it affected every war scroll in a petrofex in a petrofex allegiance but petrofex allegiance is one of four or five sub factions and so it doesn't have a massive impact on the battle tome as whole it, or it doesn't have a biggest impact as this one does as on the army as a whole um you know i don't know if, if you've got other examples uh, yeah yeah um, some people put some good ones in the chat like Stormfiend's going from nine to six yeah was yeah, yeah. like was yeah. i guess a nerf because you can stack all those overriding buffs but it really only affected storm fiends and uh, it maybe impacted the army as a whole but like i think that was generally a positive change i yeah, think that yeah. was actually pr- pretty good um as someone who played Nine Storm Fiends as well, I can attribute to how br- 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 brutal, um, brutal that unit was. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just really laughing at Dan Arnold in the chat. He's just having a great time. Uh, a, a really great conversation in the chat. So thank you. You're all. Uh, it's all lovely to see you here. Uh, loads and loads. So thank you for being here. It's appreciated. Um, I think I think there are loads of examples of the FAQs changing the stuff that was strong. I think that is one of the points. I think your point about DOK change here is that yes, it was strong, but also it was needed for variety in the army. I think is the is the TLDR and the takeaway. I think one of the things about the books as a whole is often you end up with a build. Like it would be nice if we saw more builds. I think one of the like like if we're talking about Lumineth Romwards, for instance, it's Teclis Arulian Legion. But then it's what's in your Arulian Legion. Like is it like two twenty wardens? Is it some sentinels? Like uh, whatever it is. Oh, Rintra, thanks for donating ten pounds to the show. That's appreciated. Um, I think uh, I think that there are some some we could probably go through each one of the changes in like a history lesson as as an example and how it changed it up. But I think like Savage Strike, for instance, um, and making it like so that but Savage Strike came months after like that was tearing up the tournament scene. Mm. Uh, it took a long time to see the Sinesh nerf from a two plus to a three plus and they were tearing up the tournament scene. I think I think what's quite interesting about this particular FAQ is it's so, like and maybe a positive in some ways. In some ways, a positive is that it's um, it's at least thoughtful into where maybe this army would play at a power level in the future, in some ways. Um, but do I think it was a bit heavy-handed? Maybe it was a bit heavy-handed. Um, I think like I think the fact that you you. I think, but I think the points are cheap, so I don't know. Like, I, I feel a bit torn. I feel like I feel like the points would have been a better way to have bumped, have solved this problem and put them up, as opposed yeah, to necessarily each of the. But culture. I also think I also think casting four prayers, but you weren't playing like you were kept playing it as a two prayer wizard already. Um, so uh, I think having it as a two prayer wizard is fine in my yeah. book compared so, to everything else that's the in the four game. Prayers, you know, like the extra two prayers that you're going to be casting are touch of death and rune of cain you know outside of the avatars that they're not tearing up the the you know those specific prayers aren't the reason that doors of cain are doing well they, they they aren't the reason that doors of cain are tearing up the non-existent meta um they you know they're, they're just situational prayers it's the knock-on effect that not being able to animate statues is 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 the biggest change because of how of how that affects avatars cauldrons etc um and, uh, you know, like, I think that, that my argument is that I think that there hasn't been a single FAQ in the history of AOS that has had such a negative impact on the internal balance of one army as this one single FAQ does to Daughters of Cain, because it shuts down so many of the paths that the new book opened up. And I think it's and, and it's really, really leading you now in a direction where you're you're just going to take Marathi every single time and you're going to take probably a bunch of snakes every single time now because you know like yeah i mean with the points changes as well you could one of the problems i had with with cauldrons or, or taking marathi out of the list is that she felt she fills two roles really she's really really good at, uh output and she's really really good at just tagging something up and slaughter queen if she can buff her blade of cane if she can get all the buffs off she hits as hard as marathi does if not harder so she can fill that role and then you could put another slaughter queen in 
to fill the role of, of defense. So you could put uh, 1,001 Dark Blessings on her to give her the extra save. You could put, uh, there's a minus one to hit artifact in there. You know, you can put the de defensive buffs on her. And so you could play, you know, double cauldron as as an option instead of in, instead of Marathi. Whereas now I just don't think that's viable. You've got people in Ireland like Colin Cochran who was looking to run like three or four cauldrons. I, I just don't think that that's a viable option anymore. I think the Avatar on, on foot uh, list that I was playing at Hammer Time is not an option anymore. I think, um, well, you know, there's, there's just so many different lists that involve either a Slaughter Queen on foot, a Slaughter Queen on cauldron, hag, both versions, Morgwaith or Avatars, is a third of the army, and you've 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 massively affected the viability of one third of the army with a small FAQ that I don't really think that they thought about the impact that it that, that it would have. I think it's like for me, this that that one FAQ demonstrates a fundamental lack of understanding of how Daughters of Cain, the Daughters of Cain army plays, and all of the different play styles within that. And how and and all of the the, the knock-on effects, as you know, as of, as as I've discussed earlier, of, of how it affects the way that you play the game, how it, how it will massively impact how Daughters of Cain um, play turns one and two without the you know without the 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 option to even buff some of your strongest pieces in 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 that, and uh, you know, like, I, I, and I do think I do think that it is that there hasn't been another FAQ that has had such a negative impact on a battle tome as this one specific FAQ. And that's, that's what... An interesting, you know, that's, 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 that's an, that's honestly, a an interesting take, because now thinking through the FAQs, like, really, most of the nerfs that we see have been targeted towards specific, like, so I guess, so, like, really, ultimately, this nerf to Petrofex will ignore the Harvester nerf, which obviously, like, day one, <laughs> lol, um, like, uh, actually made it so you played more. Like, the Hearthguard Berserker nerf, was, uh, nerf, sorry, was actually a positive, really, overall for the army, uh, but you can't play the army any other way, so, like, it plays the way it plays. Like, that's because yep. of a sub-faction problem, not because of a rules problem. Um, yeah. Thinking about some of the others, the Change Host nerf didn't change it at all. Um, like, people still play Change Host, uh, so that didn't affect the internal balance in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So I, I get what your point is. I get what your point is, uh, actually, because... Battalion, isn't it? It's one battalion, so you're affecting one battalion, whereas this, is it, it, my argument is that you're affecting seven War Scrolls, the viability of putting them in any list. So regardless of um, battalions, regardless of sub-factions, I think those seven, uh, seven are so impacted that you've disrupted the whole balance of the army. Whereas you, you didn't do that with change shows because it's one battalion getting one less teleport and it's still super strong now as it is. And Daughters of Cain, you know, like I said, Daughters of Cain will still be strong. Marathi builds, snake builds, uh, you know, like even just witch spam without, you know, hags. But I don't know. I think everything, every, it's going to be so hard to, diff to, to build a list now because you just can't justify putting hags and slaughter queens into the list now without them being able to have all of that additional utility. Um, and that's, yeah, as I say, it's like, it's, it's a third of the entire army that's impacted. I don't think that there is, and, and, you know, like, I'd love to see it. Like if anyone else who's listening has, has, well, I mean, like, so like, here's the, here's the kind of, here's the rub as we end the show. Um, and Benjamin, thanks for coming on and making, uh, loads of really great points. I'd love to know what you guys think in the chat and the comments below. Um, obviously like you guys have had, there's been a really lively conversation in the chat. Apologies that uh, I've got to head out. 
um, uh, because I think we could probably stay here for most of the day and talk about this. So maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll do a whole show about the FAQs that have been and gone, and we'll talk about them in the future because I think um, uh, I think this will be really interesting. Scrivo, thank you for resubscribing. Uh, oh, lovely! That's nice of you. Um, I would just leave Ben on. <laughs> See, there you go. There's loads of love in the chat for you there. Um, I think, uh, oh, what was my point going to be? I guess the real kind of thing to end the show on is uh, obviously the Simpsons meme with uh, all the other priests who are like chuckling, like I'm in danger. Um, because ultimately, like, I guess uh, my question to you, Benjamin, and also the Twitch chat, not forgetting we're about to get a Lumineth book, which has probably got some priests in, which I'm pretty certain are going to do more than one prayer, but we'll see. We'll see, because it's definitely written by the Sin guy. Um, what do you guys think? Um, <laughs> what do you guys uh, feel about all priests being one prayer? Like, how do you feel about it all? Uh, same thoughts for you, Benjamin, like it reduces creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't like it at all. I, I, I like options, you know, like... Just if we make all... You know, there's someone like, like Peter Pratt I was talking to yesterday, someone who plays uh gets any plays um nurgle both really underpowered armies and i think like his it seems like his sort of uh he just wants everyone to be brought down to that level whereas i don't think that i think there should be variety there should be there should be a tier system there should be a hierarchy in terms of power there should be um different ways for people to play the game some people like like some people like Laurie love running the underpowered armies and the underdogs there are lots of other people out there who like that some people just like playing the top tier stuff and just going for those easy wins if if we if we make you know the more options we take away from or the more flexibility we take away from battle tomes the less the less interesting uh those battle tomes become the less interesting the meta becomes the less interesting the tussle between uh the top and the bottom becomes um you know, like I don't, I don't think prayers are even anywhere near, or most prayers are not anywhere near as impactful as as spells are. Uh, I think that they do need addressing. They need to come into line and be uniform. You know, they they need to have a space in the actual core rules. You know, this is not this is not my argument. Uh, you know, at all. Or, you know, whether whether what prayers, how prayers should be implemented in the game. But yeah, like I think. I, you know, I agree with you. Like maybe all wiz wizards should have more options. They should be able to cast their law scroll and their war scroll spell because it just it it makes for more creativity. It makes for more interesting games. It makes for more, uh, opens up more, you know, possible interactions and synergies and just clever little things that you can do. Like let you know, like why you know we don't want to all be just be playing what like I don't even want balance in the game to be honest. You know, like I'm not I'm not particularly for balance. Like I don't want every single army to to be on a similar level you know like it's fun you know like the whole the whole of the up and the down of in the meta who's at the top now who's at the bottom you know and how these things are impacted by things like faqs and new and new battle tomes and new additions it's all part of it's you no know, it's all part of the game it's all part of the of the fun i think you know like yeah we need we need more options i don't think we should take those you know you taking them away just is going to make the game more stale i think eventually Okay. Okay. Good points. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. It's uh, it's massively appreciated. Uh, looking forward to the Lumineth book at the weekend, which is going to be fun. Um, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed today. I think tomorrow I'm going to have a, a like a hangout show, so it's going to be really fun. Uh, what was the question in the? There was something in the chat I was going to bring up, and I thought I was like, what a great way to end the show. 
that would have been some super funny, but I forgot. So <laughs> who knows? Uh, who yeah. knows? Like just all you remember that Rob maybe had something funny to say at the end, but he didn't <laughs> do it. So well, that's classic. Um, uh, thanks, Benjamin, for being on the show. Hope you're well. Stay oh, healthy. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to see you uh, back at events uh, sometime in the future. Um, mm. Loads of love to you as well. Loads of love to you in the chat. Thank you for joining in. Big lively debate. I'm sure this debate will continue. Um, in a load of different ways, uh, in different forums and platforms, which I think is uh, important and healthy. I think one of the things always to remember, like uh, like as a takeaway, in my opinion, is the game is a bit like ropey all over the place most of the time anyway. But we all really love the game, and even mm. playing it at a competitive level is super important to a huge swath of us. So maybe we could cut each other some slack in some ways and have some really healthy conversations. So I think big thumbs up in that boat. And we all approach it from different areas. So that's nice. Um, uh, I don't think I've got anything else to say. So, uh, Benjamin, thanks. Uh, Twitch chat, uh, podcast bros, Patreon guys, people on YouTube. Uh, thank you, everyone who leaves a YouTube comment thanking me for uploading them appreciate you as i don't upload them benjamin that's the important point uh right let's go raid someone uh we do that and then we can get out of here um if anyone wants to know what my uh, uh we're gonna go raid someone have you raided anyone before benjamin you're gonna get to choose no i never raided i don't know what that means i know raid is only a warcraft term <laughs> so what happens is there are other people who are live right now doing a show like we are on Twitch. So what we can do is we can go and send everyone who's watching now into their channel and then make their day. It's really wholesome, like because there are some like really sweet there's some sweethearts who are like I'm very, very lucky that all of you want to watch me and I feel super fortunate, so thank you so much. Um probably they're just here for you to be Dave Benjamin to be honest. Uh, but it's really nice when they've got like four or five people in the chat and then loads of us flood in because it makes them feel really healthy. It makes them feel really nice. Uh, and I love doing this, so it's really good. So I'm going to give you the choice. There's someone painting a Death Watch Redemptor. Yeah. Uh, there is um, someone painting in... Uh, uh, that's in Spanish and French. That's going to be a bit much. Um, uh, and then there is someone painting... Uh, there's a very serious guy painting Sigvald, I think, that looks like. Or... Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't know anything about 40k. I don't know what a Redemptor is. So I reckon you go Sigvald. Sigvald. Okay. Okay. So that's that's the miniatures den. They're 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 a big streamer. This you've you've chosen a big streamer for us to raid. Oh baby. Okay. So here we go. Uh, Who is this? Uh, so miniatures den. There we go. So uh, Benjamin, thanks for being on the show. Thanks everyone for that's tuning cool, in. Man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me uh, rant. It's a lot easier to to get points across when you don't have the the restriction of like 140 characters and i think long form conversations like this are much better like yeah. load of context like me saying i think there should be two prayer priests is the context of i think there should be far far more two cast wizards yeah but like you can't do that over twitter which is why this is good so thanks for coming on the show and doing it um and then we can maybe do a follow-up show next week or something who knows it's been lovely uh, yeah so no, it's been yeah. good to chat warhammer again Oh my god, I love Warhammer. I can't wait to do so much Warhammer in the future. Oh my god. <laughs> right, we'll talk to you guys soon. Let's get in that chat now.